you like that song because that actually is a good song. So this is the final part, part three of fear of dating another narcissist. Now, fear of dating another narcissist is common in our world today. The problem is there is not a lot of resources out there that come from a place of love. I tried being a part of a new Facebook group, but everyone was complaining and they were really angry. I want solutions, not lighter fluid dumped all over the fire of resentment, anger, and feeling like a victim. I wanted tools and wisdom and how to no longer attract that type of person in my life and the lives of others. That is why this subject matter is broken down into three parts. Each part is important, informative, and gives you tools you are seeking. I am also providing supporting documents that you can print out. In the blog post, there are two links and the documents are free. I'm giving you the map of consciousness and also fear of dating another narcissist, the red, yellow, and green lights. So this morning, I had a fantastic idea bubble into my consciousness. Many mental health professionals talk about red flags and green flags, but what everyone is missing is it would be better to say red light, green light. Many of us have played that game as a kid. Therefore, we do grasp the concept of the game. Why we need to change it from red flag to red light is my theory here. When we have a green light, we know it is safe to move forward. A yellow light is to slow down and proceed with caution. When we have a red light, we stop, we wait, we observe the flow of traffic, we reflect, and when the light changes, we move forward again. Why people get hurt is they do not stop at the red flag. We all know why it's important to stop at a red light. You stop to avoid getting into an accident and from getting injured physically, mentally, and emotionally. If you got into a car accident, it would cause trauma to you physically, mentally, and emotionally. That is why I want to change the wording from flag to light. Ask yourself these questions. How many times do you stop when you get a red flag about someone? Do you find yourself doing a California stop? Do you ever write it down in a journal? Do you keep a journal of the yellow caution warning signs? Do you keep a record of the green lights that let you know you are on the path of developing a healthy relationship? Now, I fell into this trap too many times when it came to red flags. I mean, I wrote a book about it. I would dismiss them, ignore it, second guess it. 
and even let it slide by doing a California stop. What I really needed to do was make a complete stop when I got at least three red lights. I would have been spared psychological abuse if I just took the time to write in a journal the red light warning signs. Yellow means caution, but red means stop. On the blog post, I have 35 examples of red stoplights. I could read them all to you right now, but I really don't want to because time is of the essence. And I know you got better things to do than listen to me. But I'm going to read the first, let's say the first 10, okay? Number one, the person is trying to manipulate you into doing something you don't want to do or say. Number two, they do not respect boundaries and will consistently push them or ignore boundaries. Number three, you notice they are rude, disrespectful, petty, and condescending to the wait staff at a restaurant. Number four, you've observed how they get pleasure out of triggering another person and pushing their buttons. Number five, you feel as if they are trying to control what you wear, eat, do, how you spend your money, manage your money, who you see, where you live, and or how you live your life. Number six, people around you are trying to warn you that something is off, but this person you keep ignoring, apologizing for their behaviors, or feel like maybe your friend's jealous of your relationship. Number seven, you notice the person is very selfish. Number eight, their personality is puzzling because they have this Jekyll and Hyde personality. Number nine, their communication style is overly sarcastic, rude, offensive, negative, and or does not communicate at all and gives you the silent treatment. And lastly, number 10, you are treated in a passive aggressive manner whenever you do something wrong. Now let's talk about yellow lights, which means caution. There are some red lights that really require you to speak your truth and set healthy boundaries. Here are some that jumped out to me. Here's one. They make you feel bad about yourself when you want to spend time with your friends or family members. This person wants you all to themselves. This one does require you to set boundaries because they might be coming from a codependent place or attachment disorder. Are you shaking your head a little? There's no thinking. (laughs) There's no healthy people out there anymore. I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but don't worry. I will make a blog post and a podcast eventually educating you about codependency and attachment disorders. The other one is you have noticed that they are sneaky and trying to undermine you when you question their behavior. Now, I have never experienced this, but I have heard stories of men or women having multiple sexual partners and keeping it a secret. The problem is when you do not ask questions, you will most likely be accused of being jealous or paranoid, especially if you have been cheated on before. So having an open heart conversation about the status of the relationship, meaning are you friends with benefits, lovers, or a couple is essential. 
If he or she says the person is just a friend, but you notice them flirting with each other and whispering things in front of you, well, I would be concerned. This is rude and disrespectful. When you genuinely care about someone, you also consider their feelings in a private or public setting. And then lastly, you become aware of their addictive behaviors. For example, need for constant attention, drinking, overspending, gambling, porn, drugs, overly sexual, and so on. If you have a child around, having someone with these addictive behaviors, do not send healthy messages to your kiddo. You need to set boundaries. I could list more, but I hope you get the concept here. Boundaries are essential. Now let's talk about cheating and my theory about why a narcissist will cheat. If you recall me saying we are born connected, well, we crave connection. When you have no living human being to connect with, we will find something to connect with. For example, in the movie Castaway, you can buy Wilson on Amazon, that volleyball. There was also the Umbrella Academy, Meet Dolores. As human beings, we need to communicate and connect with something or someone. That is why solitary confinement is so damaging to the psychological brain. Since we had the need to connect to stay alive, I want you to think of the narcissist as being disconnected and you are connected. The narcissist craves to feel alive, accepted, seen, and heard, just like we all do. That is why love bombing is so powerful. It sweeps you away and you could get lost in the dance. They want to spend all their time with you because, well, you make them feel so darn good inside. You are their soulmate. Here is the problem. And I'm going to be rather frank here. Having sex with a narcissist can be amazing. They can be an expert in the bedroom. That's why I picked that song. And you can get addicted to lovemaking or just pretending to be rabbits. I'm being very careful with my words here. All that sex is creating a bond between you both. Here is when things go south. When the narcissist starts to try to control, manipulate, and devalue you, you you will have a physical, mental, and emotional reaction. You will disconnect from the narcissist and they will feel it. They get angry and they do not like to feel angry. They are coming from a core childlike wounded place. Instead of communicating and talking about their feelings, the narcissist will act like an immature child. Some will give you the silent treatment to punish you. Some might want to punish you by flirting with another person to trigger a reaction out of you, just to see if you still have feelings for them. And others might take it to the next level and actually cheat on you because you are no longer connecting at such a deep, intimate, and intense level when you first met. It's all about connection. And yeah, it sucks. So here is what I want you to do. Buy yourself a new journal and label it. Make it the label, just 
make it something positive. You can say healthy relationships or my dating journal. All right. This journal is for your eyes only. I want you to make a list of the core traits you want in a partner. What is essential and important to you? For me, it's morals. They have to be genuine, authentic. They have to know their core values. This person must have integrity, open heart communication, cooperation, kindness, compassion, forgiveness, and fun. Think of this list as a checklist. And at times you might write down some superficial qualities or traits, but when you truly love someone, there can be some wiggle room in this area. So let me give you some examples. Now, for some women, they want a tall man. Some women say he has to be at least six feet tall. Well, let me ask you this question. Are you going to reject a guy who's only 5'11"? I would hope not. I mean, if you love him, hey, you love him. Or some people write down they have to have blue eyes or green eyes. Well, what if they don't? And some might want someone with a certain body type or they want a full head of hair. But what if you meet this amazing person and they have a few extra pounds or they just shaved their head? Are you going to reject them? You have not allowed yourself to get to know them yet completely. So I just want to put that out there. Now for me, you're going to like this, but hey, this is me. All right. Personal hygiene and clean oral hygiene is essential. And since I live in Oregon, they got to have all their teeth. I know, bad joke, but it's true. So in the journal, I want you to write down all the red lights, or you can print them out in the link that I provided in the blog post. These are your deal breakers. On another sheet of paper, write down all the yellow lights or use the printout information as a reference. Here are some yellow lights that most people do not consider. And some people can tolerate it during the honeymoon phase, but eventually these areas can get under your skin. These are really your relationship core values. Therefore, you got to dig deep and be honest with yourself. What can you live with? And what can you not live with if you took the relationship to the next level, meaning living together or getting married? This all has to do with open heart communication, boundaries, and connection. Number one, and I'm just going to go over a few, okay? Because on here, I got a list of 22. So I'm just going to read the top 10, all right? A smoker. Some people can accept it in the beginning. If they say they're, they're in the process of quitting and others just won't. Number two, they claim to be a social drinker when in fact they drink every day. Is that a deal breaker for you? Number three, you love to eat healthy and clean, but they hate eating vegetables. Can you find a common ground? Number four, they work nights and you work the day shift. Number five, they love heavy metal music and you love disco. <laughs> Number six, they love live music and you love going to nightclubs. Number seven, you like to dress up when you go out for a date and they like to just be totally casual. Number eight, they hate dancing 
and you love dancing. Number nine, they hate exercise and you love it. Number 10, they are allergic to dogs or cats. Well, you own a dog or a cat. You see what I mean? So if you want more, just go to the blog post. Now, I want to give you an example of green lights. And on here, I got a list of 22. I'm just going to read the top 10. Number one, their actions match their behaviors. So actions, behaviors, and words, it all aligns. Number two, they support and encourage your connection with others, such as friends, family, and career. Number three, they acknowledge your child or children when they are around, saying hello and goodbye. Number four, your child or children feel comfortable and safe around this person. Number five, they support and respect your self-care time. Number six, they apologize when they are wrong or they hurt your feelings. Number seven, they speak about their ex from a place of respect understanding, forgiveness, and kindness. Now, if they dated a narcissist before, it can be challenging to speak coming from a place of forgiveness and kindness. That is why being educated and informed about the narcissist's traits and behaviors is important. Number eight, they set, honor, and respect your boundaries, and you do the same. Number nine, They are genuine and authentic around you. They're not pretending to be someone else in public or in private. Number 10, they communicate clearly and honestly. Now here's what I want you to do. When you start to meet someone new, write down their name in your journal. And when you start dating, you might meet a few people. So you want to leave several pages of free available space for each new person that you're meeting, all right? Write down the date and write down how the date or first connection went. What did you like about this person? Look over the red, yellow, and green light list. Does anything stand out in any of that list? And if something does not stand out, write it down. Don't second guess it. Then each time you communicate or connect with this person, make a journal entry and review the different lights. What are you doing is you are trying to catch patterns and habits. And there can be good patterns and habits. They don't all just have to be bad habits. Write down the good and the bad. And when you start to notice any red or yellow lights, just try to view it from an outside perspective. If you need support or clarification, I would suggest communicating with a friend, family member, or a therapist. Now, if you recall in part two, I talked about my current partner and relationship. I want to put it out there that being in a relationship in the beginning, you might just only be able to handle a friendship or a lover. There is nothing wrong with either of those types of relationships. Why? Well, ask yourself this question. If your ideal match was to come along, could you handle it? Would you be afraid? Would you be afraid of sabotaging it? 
Would you doubt the person or think they were too good to be true? Well, for me, I think I would be afraid if this person came to me into my life at that time when I was recovering from psychological abuse. My heart would have been guarded and the ideal person might think I had too much baggage. And honestly, at the time, I did. I had to get my feet wet before I could dive into the deep end. So there is nothing wrong with stepping stones relationships. You can still love that person and realize that you have changed and grown. They can still be in your life. The only difference is the relationship has changed because you have changed. So don't be too hard on yourself. Now, let's go deeper. We need to talk about living together. Are you scared? It's a big step that you must consider for yourself and your kiddo. If you have kids, you need to connect and communicate with yourself and your kiddo to see how your child or children feel about it. Do you feel that you would sabotage the relationship if you live together? Are you being forced to get rid of your favorite chair? What would you have to give up or sacrifice? Will most of your stuff be stuck in the garage or in storage? And ask yourself, are you ready to take it to that next step? Well, have you tried maybe a practice dry run by staying at their place for two weeks and then you stay at their place for a few weeks? You know, just flip-flop back and forth. And if you don't have any kids then, you know, hey, that's okay. But if you do have kids, you got to find a way to make that work. But yes, do a practice dry run. Now, the other thing is, do they snore? And if so, can you handle it? Do they have restless legs or hog the bed sheets? Are you open to being together, but not living together? And when I say that, I got to tell you, In my 20 years of working with people, I have met a few couples that do not live together and they love it. They actually get along better not living together. And I personally, I see there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. I mean, sometimes we are so busy. If you trust that person and you love that person and you know they're not going to cheat, there's nothing wrong with being together, being married and not living together. Now, and why I say this is some people need more personal space and a peaceful place to decompress. That's why they say a guy's got to have his man cave. Well, a woman's got to have her cave too. So let me give you another example of how that might work for some people. Now, some people might want to live in a quiet neighborhood, like out in the country. All right. And that's their thing. But Your love interest doesn't like that. Your love interest wants to live in the city and lives in the city and loves that excitement around them, but you don't. How can you make that work? And are you willing to make it work? So that's why I made the suggestion of, you know, hey, just communicate and connect and see where you guys can find a common ground that works. Because I want both of you to be happy. That is why connecting and communicating is important. 
And when you connect and communicate, use the sandwich approach. The bread is a positive and the meat is the issue. Use only I statements, never you. And when you use you statements, well, be careful. If it's not said in a positive way and it's implied in a negative way, that person will immediately shut down and detach. All right? Also, never say but. The but erases all the positive things you said. So let me give you an example. I love you, but I hate it when you leave your dirty socks under the computer desk. What did you hear? Did you hear the I love you? No, you heard the I hate. So I suggest writing it down first because it could be hard to learn at first. Why? Well, when we were all growing up, we learned to blame by saying, you, 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 you did dot, dot, dot. It can become a habit. And as you know, I know professionally, that can be a hard habit to break. So I hope you enjoyed this three-part series of fear of dating another narcissist. I hope I have given you enough tools and information to keep you safe and will support you in finding love again. If you found value in this information, please support this website and podcast by donating or spreading the word. And next week, yes, I will be giving you homework and how to decode and detect a narcissist by watching certain movies or TV series. The supporting documentation has already been uploaded for free under supporting documents. Many blessings and thank you for listening. And like always, have a fantastic day. Bye.